Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri and this week I'm joined by no one, actually. Uh, so it's gonna be kind of a it's gonna be a weird show for me. I've never done a show solo before. Taylor Wells, my usual co-host, is of course off for this week. Uh, just attending to his mother who is having a little bit of uh, health issues, but don't fret. Uh, she's doing good, and Taylor will be back next week to talk all about Ganondorf theories from that uh, Breath of the Wild 2 trailer that we just keep on talking about. So yeah, so this week it's just uh, it's just yours truly, and we're we're gonna see how this goes. It'll probably be either either a really awful episode or a really great one. So I'll buckle in and let's find out either way. Um, so this week we're going to dive really deep into Cadence of Hyrule, of course, that came out uh, last week, just shortly after E3, and I've had a lot of time to spend uh, just kind of getting used to it and getting acquainted with it and all of its intricacies, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explore really deep and give you guys kind of a, uh, a taste of kind of my experiences with it, um, and then, of course, we'll ask the million-dollar question, is this a worthy Zelda title? Is this gonna is this gonna appeal to hardcore Zelda fans? We're gonna get all into that, but first let's uh, let's just collect a little bit of news from around the world of Legend of Zelda. Of course, after E3 every year, there seems to just be a ton of news that flows out, steady content of information. Uh, you have all the creators there, so of course you have people picking their brains. So this week has been no different. Tons of Zelda news is coming up, and probably the most interesting little bit of news so far that I found, is um, the Breath of the Wild 2 was actually, I think it's probably fair to say it originated as DLC for Breath of the Wild. Uh, the developers of Breath of the Wild basically told us that they had so many potential ideas for downloadable content that it eventually spawned Breath of the Wild 2 instead, which is kind of, kind of reminds me of uh, the Super Mario Galaxy situation from back in the day when Nintendo of course released Super Mario Galaxy 1 on the Wii they had so many leftover ideas that they weren't able to implement in that game that they just ended up making a whole new game so I, I thought that, that was really interesting and uh, you know I'm excited to see exactly what some of these ideas end up being because uh, Breath of the Wild was already such a diversion from the classic Zelda formula that it's it's almost just like where can they go to take it even farther from here or do they end up bringing it back a little bit and bringing back some of those classic items classic features that have been seen in previous Zelda games so I thought that that was really interesting uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing just kind of kind of where this goes uh, last week Rod and I were talking about a potential dark world and uh, man I still hope that that is a thing and I think that if I were to place my money down, it will be. Um, the other thing that caught my attention was the developers of Cuphead were talking about how they would love to make a Legend of Zelda game. And I, for one, would be really, really intrigued. Cuphead, of course, for anybody that doesn't know, is an old-school shooter. Um, very, very, very hard. Very difficult. And, and, it, and it, of course, has that beautiful art style from, like, the 1930s, 1940s. Like steamboat mickey kind of a kind of an art style and so it would be really interesting to see visually the legend of zelda just depicted in that style I'm not saying that uh 
you know, you've made one game in that style, and now all the rest of your games are going to be in that style. But I do think that that would be really cool. And of course, as we're going to get into in Cadence of Hyrule, it seems that Nintendo is willing at least a little bit more to lend out some of their IPs to other third-party developers. So yeah, that would be that would be super interesting. I think just to see where that could go. Um, Cuphead has been on my list of games to play for forever, probably since it uh, probably since it came out. The visual. I mean, they're just so striking when you look at them. So that'd be that'd be a collaboration that I would really, really love to uh, see down the road one day. Um, and then, of course, the biggest piece of news in the entire Legend of Zelda community is the return of the Zelda Dungeon Marathon for the year of 2019. Probably the worst kept secret in the entire community, but we've officially announced the dates. They're going to be taking place July 13th to 19th. Every single Legend of Zelda game will be played. And yes, I mean every single game. Uh, we're going to be playing through The Wand of Gamelon, Faces of Evil, Zelda's Adventure, um, Tingle's Rosy Rupee Line. We're actually going for the world record on that game, so that's going to be pretty cool. Um, and of course, we're going to be playing Cadence of Hyrule. And actually, I, in particular, am going to be playing Cadence of Hyrule, so I'm very excited about that. Um, of course... If you don't know what the Zelda Dungeon Marathon is all about, I encourage you to head to the site and just check out the details. But basically, all you need to know is this. Uh, from the 13th to the 19th, it is going to be a steady flow, 24-7, of Legend of Zelda games. We're going to be playing those games, and we're going to be raising money for charity. Um, all of the proceeds that we raise go towards the Extra Life Foundation, and that money gets applied towards the Children's Hospital of Illinois. So, you know, you can go and donate... Uh, for things like file names, incentives, stuff like that. Um, it's a really it's a really great time, and it's a really good cause. Of course, we also have t-shirts that are on sale as well at uh, teespring.com forward slash store forward slash Zelda Dungeon. You can get some really cool looking merch, including some that, you know, I may or may not have designed myself. I'm talking the Canadian Nightmare t-shirt, so that's on sale right now. Again, all proceeds from that go to charity, so, you know, Rep some of the swag. You're going to look really cool. Drop in and hang out while we're streaming. Interact with us. If you have anything, you know, if you if you have a few extra bucks, I encourage you, please, to to help a, help a kid out. Um, all of those donations are greatly appreciated. It doesn't matter if it's $1, $5, $500, whatever. Every single thing is appreciated. We read all of the donations out on the air. And you know what? It's for for a really great cause so i'm very excited to be participating in that again i'm very proud to be going back and uh, i'm looking forward to seeing all of my good pals uh, at the zelda dungeon marathon my official roster of games that i'm going to be playing is cadence of hyrule link's awakening twilight princess ocarina of time and the minish cap and i'll probably sneak in some four swords adventures Maybe some uh, some Triforce Heroes multiplayer, and I might just even dabble in uh, Wanda Gamelon again. But uh, I'm pretty much going to be going for... My goal is to at least have one of those games where I don't finish in last place. So if I if I do better than last, then this has been a good year. Because uh, me, and, me and doing games quickly just 
don't seem to go together. So, I mean, that's a reason right there to tune in and check it out. You're going to see how badly I'm going to do. And honestly, who doesn't want to laugh at Andy Spateri when he's trying to play Legend of Zelda? Um, it's going to be a great time. I really encourage you guys to, to go over and check that out. Of course, that is going to be starting on the 13th. That's going to be at twitch.tv forward slash Zelda Dungeon. And it is going to be uh, all about the kids when we're when we're raising money for them. So, you know, tell your friends, tell your folks uh, that they can, uh, A, come and have some fun, and B, help out a really, really great cause. With that being said, let's talk about the game that I'm going to be playing at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. It is all about Cadence of Hyrule. So, we've been talking about it for a long time on this show, and it's finally here. It finally came out. I know that we touched on it just a little bit last week, but we're going to go into detail. Um, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i just get this out of the way right now. I loved it. It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, a lot of people that I've talked to have been a little bit hesitant about it, about the general premise of it. And you know what? I can see that, and I can see if you're a Zelda fan, you thinking that this might not really be your cup of tea. But um, stay with me, and we'll kind of we'll kind of go over the game uh, a little bit by little bit, and uh, just kind of break it down exactly, you know, what Zelda fans can expect and why I think that this is worth your time. So without uh, further ado, let's get this rolling here. One thing that I did want to make absolutely crystal clear to everybody is that this is not your typical Zelda game. I know mostly everybody listening to this show obviously probably knows that, but uh, I happened to be across my uh, my local video game buy and sell the other day, and somebody had bought Cadence of Hyrule and was like, man, this isn't a Zelda game. It's not even made by Nintendo, to which... I was just like, well, yeah, I mean, no, it's made by Canadian developer Brace Yourself Games. It's definitely not your your everyday Zelda game. So you got to be willing to kind of let loose and experiment a little bit with this one. But uh, I think if you do, it's going to be really fun. Um, one of our one of our pals in Discord was asking if there was a demo for this game, and there isn't, unfortunately. But if you remember uh, the week after E3, or maybe the week leading up to E3, um, the Crypt of the Necrodancer was on sale in the Nintendo eShop for about three bucks American, five bucks Canadian. Um, so that's pretty much your demo right there. And, and I guess it's impossible to talk about Cadence of Hyrule without talking about Crypt of the Necrodancer, which I know that we've done a little bit before on this show, but um, since then I've actually got a chance to play that as well. So let's just uh, let's just dive in and start with the Necrodancer. And, and I think that is probably appropriate to say that this game serves as kind of like a, a quasi-demo for what Cadence of Hyrule is. I will say that when I booted up Crypt of the Necrodancer, finally, and uh, I played it for about an hour, I will say I wasn't in love, actually. I It, it was fun, and, um, you know, it, it had my attention, but I, I, wasn't, I didn't like it as much as I hoped that I would which made me a little bit nervous for Cadence of Hyrule before coming out, because um, I really, really wanted to like that game. But, so I was I was playing Crypt of the Necrodancer, and it's, and it's fun enough. It's really great music. Um, 
and you go from dungeon to dungeon, you unlock different characters, and uh, it, it's it's a nice game. It just seemed like it was missing a little bit of variety, maybe let's just say. And maybe I should also preface that with I, I haven't got too, too far into the game, so if anyone's beat this and uh, is taking some issue with my criticism of it, that's probably, you're probably right, it's probably fair. But just based off what I played, I, I felt like I was doing the same kind of rooms over and over and over again. And I guess that comes back into my history with um, randomly generated games. Of course, the dungeons in Crypt of the Necrodancer and in Cadence of Hyrule, they are all randomly generated. Um, and, and typically, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of those games, uh, with some exceptions. And I guess the reason that I'm not is because I'm a, I'm a creature of habit, so I like to kind of learn my surroundings and and know kind of where I'm going. Um, and, and then you die so often in these games, um, in Necrodancer in particular, and even Cadence of Hyrule in particular, that when you die, you can't necessarily learn from your mistakes because the whole room has changed. I, I think that these randomly generated games they kind of, they use that in place of really good level design, and I know that there are some games where obviously that's, you know, the exception, um, Dead Cells on the Switch being uh, one of those that I can think of off the top of my head, but I, I you know, I wasn't in love with, uh, with these randomly generated rooms in the dungeons, uh, I never have been in almost any type of game that I've ever played, so that was working against Necrodancer a little bit, but, um, you know, an hour through, uh, maybe two hours through, I, I didn't love it as much as I was hoping to, and then uh, we got to Cadence of Hyrule, that came out after, uh, on the 13th, and I played that, and after about an hour in Cadence of Hyrule, I feel very, very comfortable saying that it is a far, far better game than Crypt of the Necrodancer, and I, and I don't mean that as a slight to Crypt of the Necrodancer, but, um, as we'll get into in a little bit in the show here, Cadence of Hyrule just has so, so, so much more. Like, Necrodancer really does feel like kind of a, a stripped-down demo of Cadence of Hyrule, and without the Zelda charm as well, which obviously is a big part of the charm of Cadence of Hyrule. But, um, you know, in in Cadence, you have just a lot of collectibles. You have an overworld. You, you just have a lot more things to do rather than go through the dungeons again and again and again. So, I will say that for, you know, if there's anybody on the fence about Cadence of Hyrule and, and did the same thing that I did, and purchased Crypt of the Necrodancer and used that almost as, like, a uh, a beta version of this game to see if you're going to like it or not, um, don't worry if you weren't as in love with Necrodancer. Uh, I wasn't either, and I ended up loving Cadence of Hyrule. So, I will put that out there. I guess we, like, we should also just say that it does take a little bit of time to get used to the rhythmic moving. Um, I would say it probably took me about 30 minutes to kind of move in pace with the music, and after that 30 minutes, I stopped noticing that I was doing it, just because I was you know, just doing it on command in my brain. Um, and, I, and I'm a music guy, I like music a lot, so I don't know... Maybe it's maybe it was easier for me than some other people that I've talked to about this, but um, I I was able to just kind of get into that groove and and move along very quickly. It, it's a little bit of a learning curve at first because there are sometimes 
and particularly times when you're right beside enemies that you want to move just really quickly and you can't, um, that would probably be the time that I noticed it the most, is when I was just surrounded by enemies and I was trying to hop away before they killed me. That's that's when you really notice that you can't move as fast as you maybe would like to. But um, I, I think that overall, the mechanic is, is, you know, it works really well. And I never had too many problems with it in the in the course of my playthrough. And uh, I mean, out of, as of right now, I think I've played through two times. One is Link, one is Zelda. So, um, it, it you know, if that's kind of scaring you away at first, give it a little bit of time, I guess would be my advice, because it'll become second nature before you know it. So the overworld, like I was alluding to a little bit earlier, um, is actually randomly generated as well. All of your playthroughs will have a different version of the overworld. They'll have the same sections that are clumped together. The beach will always be on the edge of the map one way or the other. Um, the forest will always be together. The cliffs will always be together. But the placement on the map seems to be uh, totally random and, uh, and in different spots every time that you start it. I know that... Uh, uh, Mossy's from the Hyrule Compendium is, is on his like 18th or 19th Cadence of Hyrule file and he's just trying to nail down where all of these things uh, you know typically tend to spawn but for from my two experiences I had a completely different layout which you know what I think that that's kind of nice because you you do have that little bit of unpredictability or um, variety I guess might be the good word for it but you also do have a little bit of a structure, so at least you know that, like, okay, all my beach levels are going to be together. All of my, you know, all my forest is going to be together. Death Mountain is going to be together, and at least, you know, we can have that. One thing that I was really impressed by in Cadence of Hyrule is, was the overworld. Uh, there are a ton of things to do, uh, which which kind of surprised me, because I was mostly... I was mostly expecting more dungeon raiding than um, the kind of progression through the overworld, but there are like there are a ton of things to do, and they they ease you into that right away um, when you start the game. You can you can see a heart piece like pretty much the the second screen that you go to, and there are a ton of heart pieces that you can collect. There's Deku seeds that you can collect, which gets you a, a pretty wicked prize that we'll talk about in just a second here. There there's a lot to do, um, and the the game was really smart about how it displayed its different treasures among the world. Um, so there's three different types of chests. There's purple, green, or purple, blue, and red, sorry. And um, purple and blue basically serve as permanent upgrades or items or things that you'll always have. And once you get those chests once, they, they're they gone. You don't have to worry about them again. The red ones will respawn and they'll give you like shovels or torches or charms or anything like that. So you can always kind of go back and get new items if you're to die and stock up. But uh, the game is very, it's very good at telling you which of these, 
like which of these treasures you need to concern yourself with. So if you get the charms that show you where all of the different treasures are in the overworld, one of my strategies was just to immediately go and round up as many purple and blue chests as I possibly could. Anything that I had the equipment for, I went and got it right away because, I mean, at the beginning of this game, you're dying all the time. So it, it, it does make sense to go and, and stock up and better yourself uh, <laughs> quicker rather than later, just so that way you can you can last a little bit longer in the game. So I was really impressed with like how much there was to do because I honestly wasn't expecting it. I, w I was expecting more of like a system uh, similar to a game that I reviewed called Moonlighter, where you would enter a dungeon and defeat enemies and basically collect their loot. That's more so what I associate with randomly generated games, especially dungeon crawlers, than kind of a, a really nice, easy to traverse overworld, but that's exactly what Gains of Hyrule has. So that was that was a big win for me um, right away. I thought that the Zelda items, in particular in this game, they worked better than I thought that they would. Um, so you do have your, your classic Zelda items. You have your boomerang, you have your hookshot, you have your bows and arrows, and you've even got poison arrows, which is kind of cool. And uh, all that stuff is there. And, you know, there there are the four dungeons that are in this game, and you do get basically your choice of items when you defeat this dungeon. So it's not it's not exactly like a classic Zelda formula, but all those, en or all those weapons do show up. And I thought that they were pretty cool. And you also get one of my personal favorite items in this game, the Tingle Tuner which shows you where treasures and uh, and other goodies are. And uh, this this also helps you get through the Lost Woods, so an absolutely imperative item to have, and it's it's a neat little thing. Um, there's a lot of, like, weird, kooky items in this game. Uh, the, ting the Tingle Tuner, and uh, you've got some other weird stuff. Link has, uh, Link has a loot, which is kind of cool, that can, you know help him get around anywhere he wants to go. And also, I guess I should mention too that the fast travel in this game was really a welcome addition because as much as I said that moving around on beat uh, is second nature, and it is, it is nice to, to get to where you want to go a little bit faster if you if you happen to die. So there's lots of, uh, they're very generous with the fast travel locations, which I appreciated as well. And uh, it was it was nice to have that. I really liked how the enemies translated into this game as well. Um, yeah, I think I, I don't. I think it might have been Gooey, my pal Gooey over at the Hyrule Compendium, that said basically the enemies in Crypt of the Necro Dancer were Zelda enemies, anyways. So seeing those enemies in the game didn't look out of place at all. And of course, you have your classic Zelda monsters in this game. You have the Octoroks, you have the Keys, you have uh, some weird-looking moblins that uh, they look more like classic pig moblins than they do um, the moblins that we've grown accustomed to, especially after Breath of the Wild. But they are there, and you have just a, a collection of different, uh, of different Zelda enemies that, you know, they worked, they worked really well in this game, and it was just a, it was a nice touch to see them in here. Of course, that maybe sounds silly because, I mean, it is a Zelda spinoff, but it's such a radically different Zelda spinoff, and, uh, you know... Anyone that listened to this show knows that I went on an Odyssey playing Tingle's Rosie Rupee Line not that long ago. And really, in that game, aside from a few different references, it could just totally not be a Zelda game in any capacity. It was its own thing. There were no 
really enemies that were the same blood that had as the Legend of Zelda series. So it was nice to see those guys pop up. Um, and especially, like, if you're dungeon crawling and you see some Gibdos, that makes total sense and it really feels at home. And there were some enemies from um, Cadence of... Uh, or, sorry, Crypt of the Necrodancer that uh, they really do look like Zelda enemies. Um, I can't remember what they're called off the top of my head, but there's some big guys with hammers... Um, big nasty looking enemies they fit right in there were uh there were dark knots in this game so it, it really kind of it helped kind of ease the transition i guess is maybe the best way to put it to having those classic items and enemies in this game because uh, I, I mean and it is a transition adjusting to how you move in this game to the beat but uh i i think that that for me just made it a lot easier uh to to accept um, puzzles in this game were actually pretty cool too. Um, nothing, nothing that, uh, would take Sherlock Holmes to, uh, to do by any means, but, um, I, I thought that there were enough nice little puzzles to remind me of Zelda as well. I mean, obviously, Cadence of Hyrule isn't your traditional Zelda game, so it's not going to have that focus on, on puzzles like a lot of previous Zelda titles do, but you can tell that they did make an effort, and usually... I, I think most of your of your items at least served a purpose in one room to unlock you a different treasure. So, uh, you know, I, I thought that that was a nice little touch too. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of puzzles that rely on music. Um, in particular, the one that sticks out is uh, you got to wake up Tingle. And it is, uh, <laughs> it's not exactly easy. You basically have to move in tune with uh, with Soraya's song. And then there's uh, there's another one that is in the Gerudo Ruins that you basically have to jam to uh, the Gerudo Valley theme in order to gain access to the Gerudo Hut. So there's lots of little cool musical puzzles and stuff like that in the game. And I guess appropriately so, this game is all about music. Um, and before we get to the music, let's just spend a second and talk about the dungeons themselves. We ran over them really quickly, but uh, let's dive in here. And I'll give you the order that I did them. Um, but first, first dungeon that you'll probably do in the game is the Frozen Grotto. Pretty much all of these dungeons follow the same formula, where you go into the first room, you'll explore a little bit, fight enemies, you'll find a key, you will then go to another part of the dungeon, unlock the room, fight monsters, and then access the stairwell, which takes you up to the next part of the room and gives you access to the second room in the dungeon. And in the second room in the dungeon, it's pretty much rinse and repeat the exact same formula. Um, basically, you're going to be looking for keys that let you fight groups of monsters that let you advance. So there, it's not, it's not puzzle solving. It's not, uh, it's not anything like a traditional Zelda dungeon. Um, and this is where you can really feel the Crypt of the Necrodancer feel to this game. But um, Frozen Grotto was my first dungeon that I did. As the name implies, it was your typical ice dungeons, lots of ice enemies and stuff there. Going over next to the Lost Swamp, and that is at the end of the uh, of the Lost Woods. Um, Gerudo Ruins is the one that I did after that, and of course, that, as the name implies, that's up in uh, Gerudo Valley. And then the Temple of Storms which uh, might have been my favorite one, actually. At the end of each of, these, uh, each of these four dungeons, you are, of course, tasked with fighting a boss. And this is where the dungeons definitely feel more like a classic Zelda. So I'm going to run through the bosses here. They've got some pretty outrageous names. We've got Wiz Robo. We've got the Bass 
Guitarmos Knights. We've got, oh god, I don't even know how to say this guy's name at all. Let's, uh, let's see how this goes. Gleokenspiel. We've got Gleokenspiel, the four-headed monster. And we've got, uh, Gomarakis. So, <laughs> some pretty, some pretty cool, like, little funny boss battles here. Um, I actually remember just completely dying multiple times on, uh, Gleokenspiel there, the, the four-headed dragon monster. He was whipping my butt over and over and over again. So that was, that was nice. Beating him was, uh, was pretty rewarding. Uh, that was pretty cool. The final, the final dungeon in the game is actually, uh, Hyrule Castle, which is a pretty beefy dungeon in and of itself. And I don't want to give away any plot spoilers or anything like that, but, um, that's probably the best dungeon in this game. Lots of really cool Zelda-esque stuff you can check out. Uh, you can find different swords for Link in Zelda and upgrade their their items and weapons. Um, you can find kind of like little Easter egg rooms. Of course, when you get to the end of Hyrule Castle, you are going to face off with Octavo, who is a new villain created for this game. Um, and I guess we should maybe briefly touch on it just a little bit. Cadence of Hyrule doesn't really have a story to it, I don't think. Um, basically, the story is that Cadence has landed in a, in a different world, and uh, she is trying to find her way home, while Octavo is, uh, is taking over Hyrule Castle and is uh, trying to rule the world, as it would seem. So Cadence teams up with Link and Zelda and tries to uh, take him down so that she can return home. So yeah, not really much of a plot to this game, but it doesn't really need a plot. This game, of course, is all about the music, and so we're, we're finally going to talk to it, or talk about it. The music is incredible, um, absolutely incredible. I loved it. I really, really hope that they make a, an actual like vinyl of the soundtrack, because I think that that would be so, so cool. It, it really, like, there's not a single theme that I think really fell flat. Every track is energetic memorable and of course they're they're really great remakes of songs so there's not a lot of original music in this game but you hear really really spectacular remakes of lost woods from a link to the past is one that comes to mind that was really awesome um the windmill hut of course that had to be there uh gerudo valley it's just i could i could literally name every single track from this game and they're just really really great renditions if you haven't checked out you know if, if nothing else if anybody listening to this is just really not sold on cadence of hyrule as a game you got to check out the soundtrack because it is rocking um, literally man like every single song uh, there's also calm versions of all the themes too once you've defeated all the enemies in a particular area so you kind of have the nice more mellow relaxed ones and then you have like the the thumpers like the really the ones that get your feet pounding your head uh, bopping i was uh 
I was doing a lot of like really cringeworthy, embarrassing, just like kind of bopping, shaking and dancing on my couch as I was playing this last weekend. Um, thank God that my fiance was not in town to see that because I'm sure that I looked like an absolute doofus. But like this game, it really does have rock and music. It is really, really well done. Um, Rod Lloyd, who was on the show last week, did a companion piece just kind of highlighting all of the different musicians that took part in this game. And I, I really just really encourage you guys to check that out. Um, and, you know, if, if ever you see these guys on Twitter, tweet at them because it is a really rocking soundtrack. Uh, and you know what? It seems, it seems so obvious to say that the soundtrack in a music rhythm game is the best part of the game. But I'm going to say it anyways, because it really is, it really makes this game stand out a lot. It, it, it was impactful, um, and, and really left an impression on me. I was, uh, I was debating with Gooey last week about the soundtrack, and I said, you know what, I think that I like it more than Breath of the Wild. And, uh, he didn't like that very much, but I, I really, I do think that it's, that it's true. The, the game's music is designed to be impactful, memorable, and essential to everything that you do. So if, if the music would have been bad, this game would have never worked. So not only is it not bad, not only is it good, but I mean, they just, they really, really hit it out of the park. So I, I just can't put over the music enough. It was so, so good. Um, I've already downloaded the entire soundtrack already. So, um, you know, look forward to hearing lots of Gated Spy real music for the next couple weeks on this show. But yeah, I just, I, I can't say enough about the music. It was absolutely spectacular and, uh, a really, a really special soundtrack, uh, that really, it, it pays homage to the, the classic Zelda tunes that inspired them, but it also it, it like, it took them and kind of, it made them their own. So as I was mentioning earlier, um, I've, I've played through the game a couple times now, and uh, there are, spoiler alert, there are four playable characters that you can choose from, and I just wanted to give everybody a little bit of a rundown <laughs> about uh, these different playable characters. Obviously, we know that we can play as Link, Zelda, and Cadence, so my first playthrough, I chose Link, just because, you know, I, it's, it's Zelda, it's a Zelda game, you gotta play as Link. So, um, he's, he's probably my... My main, I guess, if I want to steal a Super Smash Bros. term. Uh, I, I definitely played as Link the most in uh, Cadence of Hyrule. But I did like playing as Zelda as well. Um, she's definitely a lot better at uh, projectile attacks than Link is. And you know what? Cadence wasn't too bad herself. Um, she's kind of a, a mix of the two. My first playthrough, though, I didn't get Cadence as a playable character until very, very, very late in the game. Like... I think I was just about done the fourth dungeon when I was just doing some exploring and backtracking and I was I kind of was looking for her because I, I knew that I could play as her in this game but I just couldn't find her for the life of me so I, I went looking and I finally you know rounded her up collected her and uh, and brought her into my party but I didn't get a lot of time playing with her uh, unfortunately one guy that uh, that I did play a little bit as was, and I might butcher his name, so I'm sorry, little buddy, if you're out there, Yves. Everybody listening is like, who the heck is Yves? And that's exactly what I was wondering too, until I unlocked him. But when you collect Deku seeds, 
or Deku Nuts, rather, in this game, and you amass 10 of them, you can take them to Tingle and get a bottle. But if you find all 20 of these Deku Nuts, you can take them to Tingle and unlock Yves, the little Deku scrub who could. And uh, this guy's pretty terrible. He's pretty terrible at fighting. He is a weak defense. He is not that good. But he is cute, and it would definitely be cool to see somebody basically just run this game as Yves and beat it from almost start to finish with him. Um, it's definitely, it would almost be like a three-heart challenge, I think, in uh, in most Zelda games. So kind of cool that they, you know, they, they threw in this little uh, Easter egg Deku scrub that you could play as. So, you know, I, I played with him. I unlocked him. I was excited to get going. I had about... Uh, I had about 800 rupees. I took one hit from one weak little moblin, and I was I was dead. And all my rupees were gone, and uh, I can't say that I played too much as poor Yves after that. But shout out to him for trying. And so, yeah, that, I, I guess if you want to call it my review, is my review of Cadence of Hyrule. It is an absolutely fantastic game. I was really really impressed with it um i know that a lot of people are skeptical about it a lot of people haven't you know have and maybe rightfully so haven't given it the time of day or maybe have just looked on to all the other zelda games on the horizon but i i, I really do i really encourage if you're a zelda fan give this a try it, it is really i think it'll surprise you with how good it is and how familiar it feels to Zelda while also feeling like something completely different. That's probably the best thing that you can say about it. I can't put it over enough. It's it's absolutely fantastic. Like I said at the top of the show, a far better game, I think, than Crypt of the Necrodancer. So give it a try. And, uh, you know, I don't think you'll be disappointed. that I just wanted to get to really quickly. And actually, I'll only keep it... Uh, I'll keep it short. I'll only do a couple here. But um, one person asked me if I was looking... or if I wanted to see a sequel of this, potentially. And you know what? I think... I think I'd, I... I would. I would like to see another game of this concept, but I'm not sure... If I want another Zelda game in this concept, if that makes sense. I think that there are a lot of Nintendo franchises that really would lend themselves really well to this style of game. Um, Metroid comes to mind for me. It has uh, just an absolutely iconic you know, collection of, of music. Um, Animal Crossing is, is another one that I think would fit pretty well. Even though there's no dungeons and there's no enemies, you could always... I'm sure you could always make something work. But, um, you know, I, I would like to see another another title like this. Uh, I, I don't know. I think that this might be one where if you went to the Zelda well again, you would uh, you'd maybe overdo it too much of a good thing, I think. 
But I would like to see another game like this in the future. I think that there's a lot of potential still in this style of gameplay and in this um, in this presentation that I think that uh, Nintendo could really exploit. Um, which I guess kind of rolls over into the next question of like somebody just asked me in general, like, what do you think this means for Zelda going forward in terms of uh, the different types of games that we'll see? And I think that this is a really crucial game that's really going to pave the way for a lot of other games like this in the future. Um, I, I think that if Cadence of Hyrule does well and is well received, and by all accounts, critically, it has been uh, very well received, but I, I think that if it does well in terms of downloads, in terms of sales, that we could definitely see more odd off-the-wall style titles like this in the future. Ultimately, as a Zelda fan, or even as a Nintendo fan, I want to see more games. I want to see more Zelda titles. I want to see more Metroid titles, more Mario titles, more Donkey Kong. I want to see all of that different stuff, and I want to see it in different ways, in different uh, presentations. You know, I, I love Legend of Zelda to death, but it is super nice to, to play something in that world, but out of the norm. That's why I really, I, I really like games like Tingle's Rosie Ruby Land, like uh, even Hyrule Warriors is, is really enjoyable to me, just because it's that familiar aspect of, you know, everything that you love, but just in a total different package. So I, I really, I'm hoping that Cadence of Hyrule really does well and kind of sets the tone so that other games and other series can follow in its footsteps and just have that little bit of diversity in Nintendo's roster. So I really encourage everybody listening that if you're if you're on the fence about Cadence of Hyrule, uh, give it give it a shot because it is a quality game. It's got all the Zelda things that you're gonna love, and I think it's really worth your attention. So I I had a blast with it, and I can't wait to play it at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon. That might be my most anticipated game this year actually is just playing that uh, co-op with some pals so there it is that's all about cadence of high rule and uh i, I hope i've uh, convinced some people that maybe were on the fence to give it a shot um anybody that's played it and loved it tweet at me at spateri316 i want to know your experiences with it um you know one place that you can definitely come to uh, to hang out and talk zelda talk cadence talk breath of the wild 2 zelda dungeons discord this place has been hopping ever since the 11th, as you can probably imagine. It's busier than I've ever seen it. Tons of theories, tons of like Zelda fanatics in there talking, and uh, it's, a, it's a great place to be. It's an awesome time to be a Zelda fan. So, you know, come on down and hang out in our Discord over at, uh, over at Zelda Dungeon on the main page there. Um, that's going to do it for us. I was going to say that's going to do it for us. That's going to do it for me this week. Uh, hope, hope this solo show wasn't, uh, too, wasn't too awful for all you listeners having to listen to me straight for all this time, but, um, I appreciate you guys, uh, sticking around with me next week. We're going to be back with all of our favorite theories about who the heck was that guy in the breath of the wild two trailer. We're going to break it down and we might even throw out some new theories of our own. We'll see about that, but that is next week. Uh, make sure that you head over to Podbean and to iTunes, like, like subscribe, comment, uh, all of that good stuff. Leave a review. If you've got a Zelda fan in your life, hook them up with the Champions cast, man. They will not be disappointed. That's going to do it. I'm out of here for this week. Until next, I'm Andy Spateri at Spateri316. We'll see you later, and thank you for listening. Thank you.